The time is now to open new doors, create new connections, and reveal untapped potential. It's the perfect opportunity to take your business further, to expand your reach and find success in unexpected places. So whether you're looking to discover new markets or find ways to connect with new customers, Export Development Canada can help. Let's get back to global business and see what the world has to offer. It's no exaggeration to say Alberta, where oil and gas remains the largest sector, has a huge transition ahead of it in the next two decades, as the effects of climate change become more pronounced. I'm Gabe Friedman, and this week on Down to Business, I spoke to Jyoti Gondek. Last week, Gondek became the first woman elected mayor of Calgary, and she immediately said that when she takes office, she intends to declare a climate emergency. It was her way of saying the politics around Alberta's energy transition are changing. And she spoke to me about this, as well as how she sees the provincial economy developing in the future. As always, the interview was edited for clarity and brevity. Jody, thanks so much for joining me and congratulations. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. I wanted to ask you, you said that one of your first orders of business when you take office will be to declare a climate emergency for the city of Calgary. And for a region that's economy and reputation is so wrapped up in producing fossil fuels, I'm wondering if you felt like it was important to make a loud statement that you accept the risks of climate change and that there are some changes needed in your region. What I find very interesting is the topic of climate is incredibly polarizing for people. And there seems to be this sense that if you believe that there is a climate emergency, you somehow don't support energy production. And nothing could be further from the truth, especially for a city like Calgary. We have demonstrated leadership and progress over time in the way we have evolved energy production processes. And so that's what we need to focus on. And I believe that if we declare a climate emergency, we will start to see the type of investment interests that we have been missing. So when you can see that organizations like BlackRock, Fidelity, and even BMO, you know, from a national perspective, have signed on to net zero asset manager initiatives. I don't want Calgary to be missing out on the type of investment that the rest of the world is enjoying. Yeah. Right now in Calgary, there are a lot of empty office buildings that might be attractive for startups. And there's obviously an enormous amount of petrochemical and engineering expertise within the province and the region. What do you see as the biggest impediments to helping the clean tech economy take off and, and attract some more of the outside capital that you just mentioned? I've had some really good conversations with local companies that are invested in growing our tech base. And they have been quite clear about the fact that attracting investment dollars is difficult based on our existing reputation. And what they are trying to do is signal that we are looking at energy transition seriously. We have just created a center for energy transition in one of our uh, renovated downtown buildings. And there is a carbon removal accelerator project underway. It is indications like that that are supported by major firms like CNRL and Suncor that are delivering the message that we are taking energy transition seriously and it is shining a positive spotlight on our province and our city. Yeah, maybe we can take a step back for a minute and, and talk about your own background. I read that you have a degree in urban sociology, and I'm wondering how that kind of informs the way you intend to govern. 
Well, if you don't mind me going back to 2003 for a moment, that was when I completed my master's degree. And the subject of my thesis was corporate social responsibility. And at that time, I had looked at an energy producer, examined their corporate social responsibility policies and practices. And I spoke with 10 stakeholder groups external to the company to find out if they felt that they were doing a good job. And I had expected conflict. And what I got was consensus. Overwhelmingly, stakeholder groups, which included neighboring residents to a gas plant and Amnesty International, said that this organization was actually doing the things it said it was doing. And so that idea of corporate social responsibility is something that I formed a 12-year consulting practice on. So I can tell you there are energy producers in our city that are evolving the way we look at production, and that's what I need the focus to be on. Okay. And so does your urban sociology PhD, was your focus really on corporate social responsibility? So the urban sociology background I have has taught me that cities are really the intersection of people and places. So the types of spaces that we create can do really great things in terms of building safer neighborhoods, in terms of creating vibrancy, and really being a place that's welcoming and inclusive, a place that people want to call home and are proud to say is the city that they come from. So my focus will be on ensuring that we remember that there are people who will engage with the places that we're creating for them. That's interesting. You, I think in some ways, buck the stereotype a lot of people have of Alberta, first woman mayor elected in Calgary, person of color, not just you, but in Edmonton also has a person of color in the mayor position. I think what we've managed to do with this election is demonstrate that we can normalize the idea of women and people of color in leadership positions. I'm thrilled that my council is comprised of so many different people with different backgrounds, different skill sets, and different lived experiences. And this local government reflecting its population is so incredibly important. You know, one of the challenges I think that you're probably going to encounter is that the federal government has set really ambitious goals to cut emissions. And for Alberta, it's hard to see how it can cut its emissions in the next few years without simultaneously cutting its fossil fuel production. And that might mean a lot of job losses, hardships in your community. How do you see that playing out? Once again, by having conversations with people in the energy sector and people in the tech sector, I can tell you that the reskilling of the unemployed workforce is incredibly important. If you look at the fact that we have got production engineers out of work, reservoir engineers who are looking for work, and it would not take a lot to convert their skill sets at looking uh, at how we do things like carbon removal, how we do cleaner production methodology. I think that's really the thing that we have to capture and play on. You have got tech companies here who are willing to give people that reskilling process that can lead us towards the type of targets that we will need to um, meet. A lot of people are skeptical that things like carbon removal, I think it was one of the things you mentioned, or carbon capture, which are going to help the industry cut its emissions, will actually create jobs as opposed to just be a cost. What makes you feel differently that it, that it could actually be a job creator? Because when you look at the fact that there are people who are experts in production in a particular manner, 
And now what we're asking them to do is use their skill sets to look at a different form of production. I believe that we are actually opening up job opportunities for these folks. And the job opportunities are coming from innovators and the tech sector rather than the traditional energy producer. So I think it's a matter of getting our head around the fact that our economy is now comprised of sectors that perhaps did not get as much attention before. And so it's perfectly reasonable to think that a petroleum engineer who used to work at a major producer could go and work at one of our tech firms and really develop the expertise that's needed in this energy transition process. Like it took a long time for Alberta to establish its fossil fuel economy to be as big as it is today. Are you worried or concerned that the interim period as fossil fuels decline won't be fully replaced by other sectors? I believe that every good transition is one that happens over time. And that is what we're seeing with the energy transition. It will not be a matter of turning off fossil fuels immediately. It will not be a matter of denying oil and gas production immediately. What we are talking about is an evolutionary process. And that is something that Alberta has been a leader in. Alberta has demonstrated incredible progress on transitioning into greater sustainability. Alberta has demonstrated uh, incredible leadership in understanding the social impacts of energy production. So we need to keep giving this province the opportunity to show that leadership to the world. We are the place that people should consider to be primary and a leader in doing things right. Yeah. And what's your feeling about the federal government's Just Transition program? How much help are you expecting? How effective do you expect this to be? Well, I think one of the the most important things that we can draw on is that Mayor Sohi and myself are very interested in working with the federal government to help them understand the Alberta situation. We are both committed to ensuring that the federal government that the federal government has an understanding of what local business leaders and local government leaders are seeing and what we need. So, for any solution that's created at a federal level, it must be cognizant of what the actual local environment looks like. So I think we are well positioned to make sure the federal government creates the type of programs that will work for cities like ours. Mm-hmm. We're talking now on a Friday, just a day after the Allen report came out. And there's a lot to dissect in this report, but I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up because basically the provincial government spent a couple million dollars to produce a report that said environmentalists spent a lot of money to oppose oil sands. I think this report illustrates the divide that you see. On the one hand, you have people saying, well, we have fossil fuel resources, we can sell them for a lot of money. And if we don't, a lot of people are going to lose their jobs. On the other hand, you have people saying, well, we have an emergency with climate change that needs to be addressed now. In, in some ways, what both sides are saying is absolutely true. And so you brought this up before, but how do we find policies at this late stage that accept both and don't create hardships? I think the first thing we have to do is make sure that we are not polarizing ourselves as leaders. I think it's incredibly important for local governments, provincial governments, and federal governments to understand that we need to put ideologies and politics aside and make sure that we understand how the climate crisis impacts economic development and opportunity into the future. And I believe that the lesson we need to take from the Allen Inquiry is that, yes, there are people 
that will challenge our industry and say that it is flawed. However, the responsibility is upon us as a province, as a city, and it is upon the oil and gas sector to demonstrate what is being done to be more sustainable, to be more progressive in how we practice energy production. So the exercise should be to demonstrate evolution rather than looking at what's happened in the past. Yeah. Like, I'm curious if you've had any response from the fossil fuel industry. Just recently, an industry group has come out and said they want to cut their emissions, but it's going to be enormously expensive. What sort of role and partnership and response have you gotten from the industry? So the industry has been incredibly vocal in talking about net zero. They have been incredibly vocal in talking about their commitment to social, environmental, and economic resilience. And I know that from conversations I've had with leaders in the past, as well as a lot of the tech sector who has received strong financial support to do some of the innovative programs in energy transition. So I can tell you that it is being taken seriously and there are processes and policies within those organizations that will take us into that more sustainable future. And it's important to follow the lead of the business sector. Yeah. And it sounds like you're looking forward to a productive relationship with the fossil fuel industry. Absolutely. You know what? We have been polarized as a society for too long. And it is important to make sure that we are coming together to tackle these wicked problems because they are complicated. And staying with ideological divides will not move us forward. Yeah. Maybe just last thoughts here. Uh, Canada is still in the throes of you know the COVID-19 pandemic, and Alberta in particular has been hurt in the last few months. How much do you expect the pandemic to define your mayoral term? It's an interesting question. I'm coming into this position at a time when people are carrying an incredibly heavy burden. Not only did we have an economic downturn, the likes of which we had never seen in our city, but then we were added the pandemic on top of it. And I can tell you people are tired, they are frustrated, and they want some semblance of hope and recovery. And so it will be incredibly important for this city council to demonstrate a vision that shows we can recover in a way that is resilient, that we can have an economy that keeps our labor force supported, and that we have a labor force that has the types of supports that are needed to be fully engaged. I think it's a time of opportunity, but we have to do the heavy work of returning to a position of balance so we can move forward. Well, Jyoti, I thank you so much for coming on the show and I wish you luck with everything. Thanks so much for having me on. That was Jyoti Gondek, who was elected mayor of Calgary last week. Thank you for listening to Down to Business, for sharing feedback with the show, and for sharing episodes with friends and other people. You heard original music composed and performed by the show's producer, Bryce Hall. Down to Business is edited by Yadula Hussein with web support from Pamela Heaven. I'm Gabe Friedman, and until next week, you can find all your business news at financialpost.com or any one of our five weekly email newsletters covering the economy, finance, energy, investing, and the workplace.